Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we repeat the program on those days at 10 o'clock. Also coming to you live right now on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. We're coming to you live on our Facebook page on video. That's facebook.com slash domesticchurchmedia. And also live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. Uh, streaming on our mobile apps. Coming to you on the Amazon Alexa device as well as the Google Home devices. Just by saying play domestic church media. All kinds of ways. And I'm happy you are. Oh, don't forget our uh, brand new uh, domestic church media mobile app. That has so much on there, and we're going to add to it as we go along. I'm going to spend a little more time, I think, over the Christmas uh, holidays there. I'm going to sit back and kind of go through some things and add to that app because there's so much you can do with it. I just haven't had the time to uh, really work with it, but there's so much we could be doing with that. And um, anyway, a lot of great things happening. Hoping you're having a blessed late Advent day on this December 19th. Late Advent. And by the way, when we pray today... I'm going to throw out a big, great thank you, Jesus, today uh, in the Manfredonia family. We celebrate the first birthday of uh, our grandson, Jack, who was born one year ago today. Hard to believe it's been a year. I don't know what uh, Cheryl and I just were baffled by how fast the time is going. But happy birthday to Jack, uh, Manfredonia, and uh, our first grandson. Of course, his big sister, Charlotte, celebrates with us as well. And uh, Just joyful days, my friends. Uh, today, of course, Thursday, it is Catechism Day, and I thought I'd go back to the Catechism of the Catholic Church a little later on. Uh, in the section on the Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. Well, here we are, just a few days away from celebrating the birth of our Lord. And in our Creed, every time we pray it, we say, I believe in Jesus Christ as the only Son of God. And we'll go to what the, uh, to the Catechism and uh, just kind of relearn, I guess, what the church teaches. We already do know, I hope, uh, but maybe there are some people who listen and watch who don't really understand uh, why we worship the Lord Jesus, uh, and especially this time of year, uh, make such a big deal about his birth, as we should be. So we'll, we'll do that. Also today, Holy Father Pope Francis, in his homily, um, reflecting on the reading today, um, Talking, and his theme was the Lord's gratuitousness makes the desert bloom. Makes the desert bloom. So we'll hear uh, some from our Holy Father's uh, homily from earlier today. First, we're going to pray, though, my friends. And uh, as always, I invite you to join me wherever you are listening or watching. Um, it's always so exciting uh, to know that we are literally going around the world, and and uh, because we're no longer limited to just our local radio stations, but 
sending this signal out on so many uh, platforms to reach so many more people. And you just never know. And in the, in the state uh, of our world today, you know, it's so important that we bring Christ out to as many people as possible and allow them to encounter him as perhaps they never would have had a chance to encounter him. You know, I always think there are people who listen to our broadcasts or watch now our broadcasts who would never have had it any other way of encountering Jesus. And uh, so our responsibility here is to make sure we proclaim and give witness to Christ boldly without compromise, and we, we bring him to as many people as possible because he is the Savior of the world. Nobody else is going to save this world. Only Jesus has saved the world. No matter where you go or who you go to, it's only Christ who is the Savior, the true Savior of the world. And we celebrate his birth in just a few days. And every year at this time, we remember that uh, he came to us 2,000 years ago. And uh, once he ascended into heaven, 33 years later, uh, the end times have begun. And now we just await his great and glorious second coming, his return. So in our prayer today, my friends, let's, let's pray uh, <clears throat> for a, a deeper sense of Advent in our lives, whatever that might be, however that might be, and however we might express that, that we have that deeper sense of Advent, that uh, time of uh, pre- preparation, of waiting, of preparing, of, of uh, joyfully anticipating the Lord's coming. And um, if we're not there yet, in fact, t- tomorrow on our program on, on Friday Live, we're going to have our friend Claire Dwyer. She wrote a, a piece in... Um, in uh, the Nas- National Catholic Register recently uh, about God coming to our deserts. <laughs> and, you know, Claire lives out in the desert out in Phoenix. And uh, so I was reading that. I thought, well, we have to have Claire on and talk about this this late Advent day. So that's tomorrow. Uh, Claire will join us tomorrow to talk about that. But, you know, we can be living in this 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 arid, dry uh, um, existence right now, perhaps, some of you spiritually, and we're looking for, you know, how, how can we, how can, how can uh, uh, we bloom? And the Holy Father talks about this today. The Lord's gratuitousness makes the desert bloom. Um, so anyway, let's 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 take all that together, and we'll pray with you for you. All of your special intentions. Let's raise them up to the Lord right now. As I said, if you would please join me in praying Thanksgiving to Almighty God on this special day in the Manfredonia family, as our grandson Jack celebrates his first birthday, and. Um, uh, we celebrate this beautiful little boy who was just a happy, happy. He's always got a great big smile on his face and just a happy young man, happy little boy. And and his his uh, big sister and his mom and dad, we all just love him so much. Of course, Nana and Papa love him uh, very much. And um, we're excited because we get to spend a lot of time with them over the next uh, couple of weeks, uh, Christmas and my birthday and uh, our anniversary. We have a little tradition where we take the kids out for uh, dinner. There are dinner guests on our anniversary, which is the 28th of December, and um, we, uh, we're going to have them for New Year's Eve. <laughs> we're going to give Joseph and Tori a break, and they're going to have a little, little New Year's Eve party at their house, and we're taking the kitties to ring in the New Year. So a lot of excitement coming up for us, and we thank God for that. So all of those and all of your intentions, my friends, let's begin as we begin all good things in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, Master of both light and the darkness, send your Holy Spirit upon our preparations for Christmas. We who have so much to do seek quiet spaces to hear your voice each day. We who are anxious over many things look forward to your coming among us. We who are blessed in so many ways long for the complete joy of your kingdom. 
We whose hearts are heavy seek the joy of your presence. We are your people, walking in darkness yet seeking the light. To you we say, Come, Lord Jesus. And our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer that Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to pray over a year ago. Every day he said, please pray pray these prayers every day, invoking uh, St. Michael the Archangel and also the Blessed Mother to protect the church against the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers. O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And praying now for the beatification of uh, Venerable Mother Maria Calpas, and also for her very powerful intercession, as we pray for this Christmas miracle, this you know it was just about a year ago that our young friend Maria, 15 years old, was diagnosed with a tumor on her brain stem that the doctors determined was inoperable. And as we've been praying all year long, it may be inoperable, inoperable by human hands, but we know that the hands of the divine physician, there's nothing impossible for those hands. And so we've been praying all year long, my friends, for this miracle. And Maria and her family have gone through uh, so much, uh, tri- so many trials throughout the year. And I guess, it, and most important, not not knowing, you know, not 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 uh, knowing how serious it could get yet. And, and so we're just placing all of this. Uh, Maria's parents have been dear friends of Cheryl's and mine for many years, and they were really uh, much of the impetus behind even us stepping out of the boat and taking a leap of faith to begin domestic church media by supporting us in the very, very beginning, uh, both emotionally and and, uh, as friends and also financially. Were it not for their actions 16 years ago, we might not be here today, and it's their daughter who has now been diagnosed with the tumor on her brainstem. And uh, the entire family has been going through a great ordeal all year long. And these are good, holy, faithful people. And Maria, you know, we, we had dinner with uh, them all uh, a few weeks ago in, at their home, and, and uh, she's just a beautiful young woman in, in, in enormously peaceful spirit considering her situation. So I, I'm inviting you now in these late Advent days as we approach the joy and the glory of Christmas. So many people ask for so many things this time of year, you know, looking for all types of, uh, you know, the young little kids asking, I asked my granddaughter yesterday, have you written your letter to Santa Claus? And she doesn't really have that concept yet, but she said she did. She just got it scribbled on a piece of paper. Uh, (laughs) You know, and children all over the world are asking, and we all would like to receive, we've received the greatest gift and the gift of the Christ child, but this family is asking for a special gift that only can come from the hands of the Christ child. Can't come from a store. Can't come from a, uh, you know, a call to Amazon or a, the gift that this family is asking for. The gift of a complete and total miraculous healing of their daughter can only come from Jesus Himself, because even the human doctors have determined it to be 
impossible for them. But as we approach this, the glory of this Christmas day, my friends, join me, please join me in praying for this young woman and the family that they will receive the most incredible, miraculous gift of all when they see this Christmas miracle manifests right before them. Let's pray for that. If it's God's will, pray for that. We've been praying for it all year. Maybe the Lord in his own way, and we don't know God's ways. He, led, he has led the family through a, uh, many, many situations and, and even journeys seeking this healing. And in their suffering, they've, they've, they've been drawn closer to the heart of Christ. They've learned a lot. And they've especially learned to trust so now let's all join together. From wherever you're listening or watching right now, I'm going to pray this prayer, first for the beatification of Venerable Mother Maria Kalfas, and then praying for her intercession and that the Christmas miracle we pray for will be realized. Christmas is just a few days away. And that will see that this could only have come from the hand of Christ himself. So we pray, O loving Jesus, we beseech you, grant that your servant, Mother Maria, who was imbued with your Eucharistic presence while on earth, may through the intercession of your Immaculate Mother and St. Casimir be glorified by visible signs and miracles so that for your glory and the salvation of souls she may by your power be declared blessed. Amen. And now we pray for the miracle, my friends. So join me in praying this. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for your faithfulness and love. You've blessed us with the example of your servant, Maria Calpas, whose deep faith in your presence, love for the Eucharist, and zeal in fostering the faith life of others continue to inspire us. Through her intercession, we pray for a Christmas miracle. We pray that the hand of the baby Jesus be placed upon that tumor in the, on the brainstem of Maria, and that the tiny, gentle hand of the Prince of Peace will make that tumor disappear without a remnant. Help us to continue life's journey with a heart filled with a profound faith in you and that trust which is born of love. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you again, my friends, for as always, for praying together. Uh, always a great joy. And as we come together as brothers and sisters during this time, it always gives me great joy to be able to pray with you. And i got to tell you again, I say it every day, and I've been saying it every day uh, throughout this beautiful season. Uh, when I go to the post office and I open our mailbox there, and I see these stacks of envelopes. Um, as you return the envelope we sent with our, our mailing, and uh, all of the heartfelt and sincere and uh, prayer requests that you have, and uh, entrusting them to us to pray for you, and I promise you, I do. And today's stack came in, and I, it's in the chapel right now, and after this program is over, I go into the chapel before I leave for the day and I pray uh, evening prayer and I take those, every one of them, I've gone through every single prayer request we've received and I've prayed for you here 
We had mass here last week, and what we had received up to that point, all those intentions were there in the chapel, and we included them in our holy mass intentions. It means so much to us uh, to know that you entrust uh, those intentions to us. And again, I got to tell you, I I read uh, these, uh, see the, and, and especially as you send your generous donations to us, and I'm seeing so many of you uh, from whom we haven't heard in a few years, a couple of years or so, who are now supporting us again. And um, that just, I'll tell you, and I got one today from, from uh, Phoenix. <laughs> so Somebody out in Phoenix who sent us a donation lives actually on East Broadway Road where Cheryl and I used to live when we first moved out there. Our first apartment was on East Broadway Road in, in Tempe, not in Phoenix, in Tempe. And uh, this individual sent us a, a beautiful little donation. So thank you to all of you who are doing that. Um, as I have shared with you, uh, we've set a goal of raising at least $75,000 uh, by the end of the month. Now, today is the 19th, uh, and by December 31st, by New Year's Eve, we're hoping to have raised at least 75000 I think we're, we're close to forty right now. Um, I, no, I'm sorry. Is it close to 36, something like that? I don't, I don't have it in front of me. About 40%, I think we're there, about 40% of the way there. So um, if you have not yet had the chance to support us, again, I just extend the invitation to please prayerfully consider doing that. To those of you who have the capacity to, to make uh, very uh, special uh, legacy gifts, perhaps, we certainly accept those and would welcome them. Um, uh, just throwing it out there. And I, I always say, I was telling the board, we had a board of directors meeting here last week, and I said, you know, it seems no matter what we ask for from the good people, from our listeners and our benefactors, our family, uh, domestic church media family, they always respond and give us what we ask for. So, um, again, the goal is at least $75,000 by the end of December. Uh, if you've not yet had a chance to to contribute toward that, I ask you please to prayerfully consider doing so and be generous, never going over and above what you can't afford, but certainly... Uh, take it to where you can uh, afford. Um, and I know there are many, many charities that are out there asking for your dollar. I understand that. Um, so you just have to pray about it. But what I do say is this, is that, you know, your contributions, your donations to our work here enable us to do exactly what we're doing here, reaching so many more. We have the potential of reaching millions of people every single day. And now with technology, we are reaching so many more people than we ever could have when we first opened our radio stations. And we want to do more of this. We want to do more of this. In fact, we have an, a brand new program. You know, if you, First of all, Talking Catholic, which is produced by the Diocese of Camden, uh, airs every Sunday morning at 11 and every Monday afternoon at 4, starting on January, I believe it's the 7th, Tuesday. Another new program, a half-hour program hosted by Father Jason Porzinski and Coach John McKenna from Notre Dame High School, uh, Just Be You. And it's really geared toward younger people. It's going to be a weekly program every Tuesday at 3.30 and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, again, another local program. And we, we want to reach our local audience here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but we're also reaching out to millions of souls around the world. Uh, and all of this with one purpose in mind, to proclaim Jesus Christ to bring Jesus to as many people as possible, to a world that so desperately needs him, a world that is in such desperate need of, of knowing and encountering Christ. 
And so we do that. And as I shared with you before, you know, we, we, uh, uh, the prayer requests that we receive, um, so many of them include intentions. Please pray for my adult children who have left the church. Please pray that my adult children will have my grandchildren baptized. People need to know Jesus. So anyway, just pray about that, my friends. Whatever you can do, please support us. You can go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make an online donation, a very secure online donation, using your debit or credit card. Um, You can uh, um, write to me here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. And if you go to our website, all of our mailing address, all of our contact information is there. You can do that. Um, and uh, we certainly would welcome uh, your support. Now let's go to Holy Father's uh, homily from this morning over at the Santa Ca- uh, the um, Casa Santa Marta where he does his morning masses, um, he reflected on God's gratuitousness, saying the desert will bloom like the barren mothers of Samson and John the Baptist. Evoking the prophecy of Isaiah, the Holy Father dwelt on the blooming of the desert, reminding Christians that God is capable of changing everything gratuitously. God saves us for free, but we sin when we desire to save ourselves, Pope Francis said. With Christmas less than a week away, he reflected on the day's readings, which which puts in front of us, uh, I'm sorry, which puts us in front of two deserts, he said, or two barren women, namely Elizabeth, the mother of St. John the Baptist in the Gospel, and the mother of Samson in the Old Testament. Speaking about Elizabeth, the Holy Father reminds us of the story of Abraham and Sarah He said, sterility is a desert because a sterile woman ends up there without descendants. Both Sarah and Elizabeth are women of faith and trust in the Lord. Both conceive and give birth. And the Holy Father pointed out that both conceive because God is capable of changing everything, even the laws of nature. He's capable of making way for his word. And we were talking about this yesterday, you know, never to put limits or restraints on God. Nothing is impossible with him. That's the one beautiful message that we get, or one of the beautiful messages we get during this season. We're going to hear it in the readings, uh, I believe Sunday, the Annunciation, when, when the angel tells Mary that God would like her to become the mother of, the, of his son. Mary says, how can this be since I don't know man? By the power of the Holy Spirit, you will conceive, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And I know so many of you, because I read your prayer requests, praying for miracles, praying for miracles. We just pray, we pray every day for the miracle for our young friend Maria. And we have to keep reminding ourselves, nothing is impossible with God. And as Holy Father said today, God is capable of changing everything, even the laws of nature. He said today, God's gifts are gratuitous. And he said the lives of these two women are the expression of God's gratuitousness. He said John the Baptist and Samson are God's gratuitousness. Rather, they are 
symbols, so to speak, of the gratuitousness of our salvation because no one can save himself. It is only the Lord who is capable of saving us from our miseries and brutality. And if one does not entrust himself to the gratuitousness of the Lord's salvation, he will not be saved. For this, one must have faith, which is also a gift from God. And he stressed the meaning of grace, urging us all, in the words of St. Augustine, to open our hearts to God's gratuitousness. If one says he is Catholic, Pope Francis said, goes to Sunday Mass, is a member of an association, and so on, nothing can save him unless he believes in the gratuitousness of God's gift, because everything is grace, Pope Francis said. All are called to adore the Lord and thank him for it. He said, among the famous men born of uh, the two barren women of today's readings, the Holy Father drew attention to Samson, a strong man and a fighter who saved the people from the Philistines, but who perhaps did not care for the gratuitousness of the gift received from God. He made a mistake and fell into the hands of a woman who sold him to the Philistines. However, he recovered. The the Holy Father recalled Samson uh, to remind Christians that we are all sinners— and that sin is not safeguarding this gratuitousness of God. The Holy Father said, We too can slip down like Samson and believe ourselves to be redeemers of ourselves. This, he said, is a sin, which is the desire to redeem ourselves. And then he reminded us, In these days before Christmas, we praise the Lord for the gratuitousness of salvation, for the gratuitousness of life, for everything he gives us for free. Everything is grace, Pope Francis said. And, you know, this is a part of the, the, the problem with the world today. The world has become so self-centered, turned onto, into itself. Pope Benedict uh, used to say that uh, often and warn us about that, of, of, of turning in onto ourselves. And in doing so, we turn away all around us, including God. And sometimes, you know, God allows us to go through the most difficult of trials. And we wonder and question, why, God? Why are you doing this? And it's, it's God's way and God's will in doing it his way, of course, always for a greater good. People are drawn, you know, when we, when we, when we have, have no, nowhere else to go, We've tried everything, you know, and nothing seems to be working. And as Holy Father said, we can't redeem ourselves. And if we think we can, that's sinful. We need to understand, as he said, everything is grace, and and we praise the Lord for this gratuitous of salvation. This whole season leads up to the birth of Christ— the Son of God, taking upon himself the flesh of man, like us in all things except sin, to become like us, again, in all ways except sin, to lead us back to the Father. And that's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. There's no other way. That's why it's so important for us as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, 
should give that witness to as many people as possible. And it doesn't mean you go and you bat them over the head with a catechism or a Bible. You point fingers and accuse and, and, and chastise. There's such a thing as paternal correction. I understand that. But think about the, the first century church when the pagans would look at the early Christians and say, see how they love each other. I want some of that. I want to be part of that. We need, and Pope Francis has stressed this quite often, when he, especially when he, he wrote The Joy of the Gospel. We need to be joyful in our expression of faith. We need to be joyful in how we live our faith. We need to be joyful in our discipleship, joyful in our Christianity. Not miserable, backbiting, backstabbing, finger-pointing critics of each other. Nobody wants to be a part of that church. We want to be authentic Christians, living humbly, simply as Christ did. We need to live our lives as Jesus taught us to live, to love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus taught us. And when asked what, what's the greatest commandment, he said, there, well, to love God with your whole heart, mind, and, and being, and, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He didn't say love only fellow Christians. He didn't say just love Catholics. He didn't say just, just love the disciples of mine. Love your neighbor. And when someone said, oh, Lord, who is my neighbor? Then he told that beautiful story about the Good Samaritan. So in this time of year, these days before Christmas, Pope Francis reminded us this morning, we praise the Lord for the gratuitousness of salvation, for the gratuitousness of life, for everything he gives us for free. Everything is grace. And the grace he, he pours upon each and every one of us in our discipleship leads us to him, but also leads us to those who can come with us, who we can bring to him and share the joy of our faith, the joy of the gospel, the joy of knowing and loving Jesus. I'll take a break. When I come back, we're going to go to the catechism and the section uh, from the creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only son of God, the good news that God sends his son. Stay where you are, friends. More to come. I'll be right back. Answers Live, the program where you participate with your questions about apologetics and evangelization. The question I was wondering about, could you talk a little bit about the authority of the Jewish leaders before Christ? I'm a convert to the church. One of the things that is biggest with this friend of mine is we should not have to confess sins to a priest. Everyone has questions. Catholics have answers. Catholic Answers Live, weeknights at 6, right here where you are family. Domestic Church, Catholic Radio. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to goodshop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit goodshop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's goodshop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. goodshop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. I don't know if news is news anymore. Do you think it is? When you hear that they're going to clone a human being, you know, it's hard enough to put up with some people, let alone two of them. (laughs) (laughs) We seem to glorify sin, grievous sin these days. But we say that the sin is worth it to do good. Now, that doesn't make any sense, does it? The abortion clinics sell the little fetus six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a piece. First, we murder the child, and then we sell it. For what? Oh, well, it's going to cure an old woman. Well, you just killed a young one. To love is the best gift of all. Bye now. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solberry. Atlantic Highlands to Allentown. Ocean Grove to Oxford Valley. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Welcome back, and we're going to go to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It is Thursday, which is traditionally Catechism Day here on Come to Me, and uh, going to go to the section in the Catechism from the Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the good news, God has sent his Son, and we're going to celebrate that uh, in just a few days from now as we uh, enter into these last days, these late Advent days. 
where we pray the O Antiphons in our evening prayer, the O Antiphons uh, just before the Magnificat. We prayed the Magnificat. And um, a beautiful time. And again, my prayer this time of year is always just to do the best I can to slam on the brakes, slow down. I even notice driving home at night now when I leave here and I go home and I have to go home on Route 1 across the bridge over to Pennsylvania. And people are driving crazy. So it's like, just relax, you know, just relax. Slow down. And that happens, my friends, when we just set aside time. You know, don't set aside time for prayer, even silent meditation, just praying, you know. And a great prayer is just, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And you can pray that over and over again. And just pray that the baby Jesus comes and enters into your heart and, and brings you the peace that only he can bring. And it just slows down time. You know, just we were laughing the other day because um, you know, I mentioned Phoenix. And tomorrow, Claire Dwyer is going to be our guest on uh, Friday Live. We're going to have, a, have an abbreviated uh, Friday Live tomorrow. We're going to do a, an hour, the first hour, 4 to 5. Uh, Claire is going to join us, and um, um, Father Jim Grogan will give a, a gospel reflection. But then the second hour, we're just going to turn it over to the Christmas music because we're going to start our Christmas uh, break and... Um, we know many people enjoy that drive time Christmas music, so we'll play that. But Claire's going to be our guest, and you know she lives out in the desert Southwest. Um, we were we were laughing the other day. Cheryl and I were, were reminiscing about when we we first got married. We got married on December twenty eighth, which is where we're celebrating our thirty fourth anniversary, and in, in, uh, I guess next week, next Saturday, a week from right, yeah, next week. Um, oh, better get see. This is the thing with my the, my birthday's the twenty third, Christmas the twenty fifth, anniversary's twenty eighth. I got to line up all my, my, make sure I have a gift for each of, not myself, but at least Christmas and anniversary for sure. But anyway, so uh, we got married on, and here's, here's an example of God uh, doing miraculous things. We got married on December 28th. We went to Rome for our honeymoon, came back the first week in January. And at the time, I was a customer service representative for Federal Express making an hourly wage, and Cheryl was a secretary. And I remember going to back, after our honeymoon, going back to work. Again, I'm making an hourly wage for FedEx, and uh, I was very frustrated because I thought, now I'm married, I have to have a better job than this to support my wife and eventual family. And FedEx had this little quiet room that they would encourage uh, the customer service representatives to go and spend time. You weren't allowed to talk. It was called the, the quiet room, and you couldn't talk. But you can go into this room. It had very low lighting just to allow the representatives, you know, because sometimes you had nasty customers, customers who were angry about their packages not being delivered and things. And it would give the representatives a chance to go back into the room, just kind of, you know, decompress a little bit. I remember going into that room and silently, because it was a quiet room, just talking to God and saying, Lord, just those words, you know, I'm married now. I have to have a better job than this to, in order to support Cheryl and, and our, we want to start a family. And so I went, I went back out. And this is the truth. I went back out, sat down, put my headset on to take my next call. And there was a tap on my shoulder. It was my manager who said, can I talk with you? I said, sure. I went, and she said, I just got a call from the senior manager of the call center out in Phoenix and he had seen me, I had interviewed for jobs, you know, and he had seen me for one of the interviews, and he said, he'd like you to call him. So I called him, and he said, would you want to come out here? I said, I, I like what I saw. I'd like you to be one of my managers out here in Phoenix. 
I said, okay. I said, can I bring my wife? I said, I just got married a week ago, two weeks ago. Sure, bring your wife and see if you like it out here. Well, we went out there and it was January. <laughs> we were scraping ice off the car because it was sleeting outside on our way to the airport and uh, made it out to Phoenix, uh, got a late night flight, woke up the next morning, looked out our hotel window there and there was a, the pool and the, the palm trees and the bright sunshine. I said, yeah, we're going to like it here. But you see how quickly that prayer was answered like in a matter of seconds. So anyway, this made me th- I thought of the desert. I thought of Phoenix and, and the uh, Claire Dwyer tomorrow. That made me thought of that story. Anyway, think of that story. So let's go to um, the catechism, the section, I believe, in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. And, of course, as we now come close to celebrating the beautiful birth of our Lord, this is what the catechism says in paragraph 422. But when the time had fully come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God has visited his people. He has fulfilled the promise he made to Abraham and his descendants. He acted far beyond all expectation. He has sent his own beloved son. And paragraph 433 says, We believe and confess that Jesus of Nazareth, born of a Jew, born a Jew of a daughter of Israel at Bethlehem at the time of King Herod the Great and the Emperor Caesar Augustus, a carpenter by trade, who died, crucified in Jerusalem under the procreator Pontius Pilate during the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, is the eternal Son of God made man. He came from God, descended from heaven, and came in the flesh. For the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. Getting back to what the Holy Father was teaching about. Everything is grace. But that's it in a nutshell. Paragraph 433. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'll read it again because this 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 is why we're making such a big deal every year around this time. As we get closer to the 25th of December, Because, paragraph 423 says, we believe and confess that Jesus of Nazareth, born a Jew of a daughter of Israel at Bethlehem at the time of King Herod the Great and the Emperor Caesar Augustus, a carpenter by trade, who died crucified in Jerusalem under the procreator Pontius Pilate during the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, is the eternal Son of God made man. He came from God. He descended from heaven. And came in the flesh, for the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. We have beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. The relationship, my brothers and sisters, that we have with Jesus is an ongoing nurturing relationship. We were, uh, I used the example, I, I, I know I'm, I don't want to sound like an overly proud grandpa, but um, 
we went to Jack. Jack had a today's his actual birthday, but we had uh, or they had his birthday party on Saturday. <clears throat> and um, I guess two years ago, when when Charlotte turned one, uh, Cheryl and I gave her a little people. You know those little people, the, the little people sets they have with the little figures for for toddlers. Uh, we got her a nativity scene, a little people nativity scene, and Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus is there, and the, it plays away in a manger. If you hit the star on top, it's beautiful, beautiful little set. Although when we first brought it to her, she was only a year old; she wasn't speaking much. She was saying "baby Cheez-Its. <laughs> she gets it right now, though. Um, but we went to their house uh, for Jack's birthday, and there on uh, in their little playroom, there they. Uh, my son and daughter-in-law brought out their for Charlotte her little nativity scene, and we were just kind of going from person to person. Who's this? Who's this? Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, and then well, his birthday is Christmas Day. We're celebrating this. We're trying you know, you begin very very simply trying to teach the person of Christ. Here's a little three-year-old, and here I am, sixty-five years old, next week or next Monday, and. My relationship from with Jesus has grown, obviously, from the time I was three years old. And all the encounters I've had with him along the way. And praying that my encounter with him uh, continues to be nurtured. There's a beautiful, and you can find it somewhere if you Google it. And I think I put it on our, on our, on our Facebook page last year, or homepage. It was our Facebook page. I think it was a little bit, a little bit before he died. Jimmy Stewart, the old actor, Jimmy Stewart, uh, made a little, a little half-hour uh, uh, program. He played a a um, custodian in an apartment building, a widower, and it was Christmas Eve, and he was kind of spending it by himself. And anyway, he there's a scene where he he goes to meditate at his little nativity scene in his apartment, and suddenly he's transformed to the actual scene of the of the birth of Christ. And he gives a wonderful soliloquy as he as he, as he approaches the Christ child. And um, as I was reading uh, uh, an, an account of, of how he did this as an actor, he said he only did it once. He could only do it once because he was a very good Christian man, apparently. And he said he could only express himself the way he did. A lot of it was ad-libbed in his encounter with the baby Jesus because he said it was, was too emotional for him. But if you Google it, you Google Jimmy Stewart um, Christmas, I forget what the, but you, you, you can find it. Maybe I'll find it again and post it on our on our. our our Facebook page or homepage, Facebook page. But it's so simple, you see, and, and this is what I think too, all too often we get too carried away with, uh, almost as if we put Christ off in, a, in such a, 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 a faraway place that we, we, he's unattainable. And we have to understand that he <clears throat> humbled himself enough to come into this world as a little baby for the very reason that he wants to be approachable. He wants us to be able to approach him. And that he is the eternal son of God made man. 
And he did come from God, and he did descend from heaven, and he came to us in the flesh. The word became flesh, but he came for us so that we could establish a, a, an eternal relationship with him. Imagine what it's going to be like when you finally see him face to face. You know, we always pray to St. Joseph for a happy death because he was, he died really in the arms of Mary and, and Jesus. Wouldn't that be great for all of us, right? But at that moment of transition, we're going to see Jesus as he truly is. But he's present to us now under the appearances of bread and wine, but he's really, truly, and substantially present to us. So any time you walk into a Catholic church and go before a tabernacle, or any time you, you receive him in the Eucharist, or any time you sit and, and kneel and pray before a monstrance, the exposed Blessed Sacrament, it's the same Jesus who was in that crib in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. The Catechism says in paragraph 424, Moved by the grace of the Holy Spirit and drawn by the Father, we believe in Jesus and confess you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. On the rock of this faith confessed by St. Peter, Christ built his church to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. The transmission of the Christian faith consists primarily in proclaiming Jesus Christ in order to lead others to faith in him. And that's our mission here at, at the Apostolate. That's, this is why we exist, to transmit the Christian faith, proclaiming Jesus Christ in order to leave others, lead others to faith in him. And you know, my friends, when, when, you, when you support us, that's what you're allowing us to do, to proclaim Jesus Christ in order to lead others to faith in him. I've heard from, and again, we don't take any credit for it. We're just the messengers. We're just the, 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 uh, the, the, the hollow tubes, as they say, through which the Holy Spirit can work. So we don't take the credit. It's God who does the conversion. But I've, in, in many years I've been doing this. You know, we hear stories of how, how much uh, the radio station means to people, how much it's changed their lives, how much the, uh, you know, it's changed the lives of their family and, and uh, People have come back to the church because of what they've heard here. I told that I tell the story um, of many, many years ago when we had the little station over in Shrewsbury, which was on the eighty-nine point three frequency, but it was only ten watts. It was a tiny little thing, tiny little station. If you if you went down the hill on on, on Newman Springs Road, you'd lose the signal till you came back up on the other side of the hill. And I'm not taking a mountain. I'm taking like a little little dip in the road. That's how small that signal was. So it, 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 to me, the miracle of going from Lewes, Delaware, Cape May, all the way up to northern Hunterdon County, out into Bucks County, over to the shore with four radio stations and, and around the world with all this technology is just, just I'm in awe because I think about those first couple of years we had a little 10-watt station. We didn't reach many people at all. But we, were, we reached one man one, one year, right around this time, actually. He and his, he wrote to me and told me the story. This is what God does, and this is what Jesus can do when, as the Catechism says, we proclaim Christ. This man was, he and his family had left the church. 
back in 2002. They left the church during the, the outbreak of the scandal. Remember that back into the first set, back in 2002. And he was driving down uh, near our signal in, uh, in uh, Shrewsbury, came across our station. And he heard one of the programs, and I, I don't remember which program he heard, but he heard one of the programs that was teaching about the Eucharist and the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. He wrote this in a letter to me. And he said that he had to pull over to the side of the road. He was by himself in the car listening. And this was probably 2006, so, so, so four years earlier, you know, he left the church. They joined a, a Baptist congregation, found our station, started listening to the, the teaching on the radio about the Eucharist, pulled off to the side of the road, and he said he just began to cry because of what he had done, what he had left. And he wrote to me, and he said, Jim, I want you to know, he said that on Christmas Eve, I took my family back to church. We went to confession, and we went to, to, to the uh, Christmas Eve Mass. That's because of, he said, your radio station, but not because of my radio station, because of God, the hand of God through what we do here. Proclaiming Jesus Christ, preaching the unsearchable riches of Jesus is our responsibility here at the Apostles. It's every baptized Christian's responsibility. Proclaiming Jesus Christ to lead others to faith in him. This is why, you know, we see these, when we see the secularization of Christmas, when we see how Christmas has been reduced to a secular holiday instead of the holy day that it should be, not just the holy day on the 25th of December, but as Mother Church has given us in our liturgy, Eight days is one day of celebration. So great a solemnity as Christmas, as Easter is, and when we get to that point, that, that part of our liturgical calendar, but so great a solemnity as Christmas that every day within the octave of the 25th of December is the same day, it is a Christmas day. We celebrate it as such. But you see, the world has taken Christ out of Christmas. The world has reduced it to uh, something that is so shallow and hollow. It's, it's a feel-good. Did you see on, 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 uh, in the news the Hallmark Channel? They have the, I think they start showing them in, in July. <laughs> and there's, there's a different Hallmark Christmas made-for-TV movie every, every night. But they're going to start incorporating more what they say is LGBT, QRS, WXYZ, whatever, whatever the letters they're using these days. Christmas? I don't, I don't get it, you know. But you and I who know the truth, you and I who know who Jesus is, you and I who know why there's a tree up, why there are lights on the houses, why... Uh, gifts are being exchanged, why there are celebrations of family and friends and, 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 and great uh, celebrations and feasts. Because Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He is the one who was sent into this world 
to save us from sin and death. He is bringing us eternal life. He has brought us eternal life, and that's what we're celebrating. We're not celebrating the reindeer and the snowman and the, and the winter wonderland and the silver bells. That's okay if it revolves around the true meaning of why we're doing these things. But if we take out the core, the center, the hub of what this is all about, meaning Christ himself, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. It becomes nothing but a pagan celebration of something. We used to have Christmas breaks and schools and colleges and universities. Now it's a winter break. We used to have uh, be able to say Merry Christmas, and now it's simply Happy Holidays. So we have to be careful, especially as his disciples, to not allow ourselves to fall into that, to feel free to say Merry Christmas, to, to, to understand why you know, all that we go, all that we do and all we prepare, that's all good stuff, but let's remember why we're doing it. So now these last few days of Advent, we really should take some time to slow down, slam on the brakes, spend some time in prayer, quiet meditation, get to Mass if you can get to extra Masses during the day, spend some time if you can get to an Adoration Chapel and adore the Lord as he was adored that first Christmas night by the shepherds, by the poorest of the poor, who had nothing but were, were told tidings of great joy that unto them that night was born a Savior who was Christ the Lord. And that's what this is all about, my friends. Now tomorrow, Cheryl and I will be here 4 o'clock for Friday Live for an abbreviated uh, version, a, a one-hour version, and then we'll turn it over to the Christmas music. Claire Dwyer will be our guest. Father Jim Grogan will give a gospel reflection on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, more music and all kinds of stuff. So join me then. Now stay tuned. I have another hour of music coming up for you uh, from 5 to 6. And again tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, and then 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, Cheryl and I at 4. Okay, have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you. God love you. Please support Domestic Church Media. Have a great night.